Now let's begin. Discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host. My name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me this week on the line is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Going well, Chris. Um, you know, uh, look behind for people. It's only Tuesday. It already feels like a long week. I don't know about you, but I, I already feel like I've had a much longer week than only Tuesday. <laughs> Well, actually, for me, it feels like my week just started because I just started days off. Like, I literally got off work this morning. Um, oh. So, you know, I did seven night shifts, and 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 uh, now I got uh, ten days off. I Let me think here. I go back next Thursday, so a week from Thursday, so nine days. I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah, I took a couple holidays because it's my birthday next week. So I would have I been working, so I took a couple days, so... <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, I can't believe it's the 24th of January already. Like it, it might be, it might feel like a long week, but, uh, I can't believe how fast this month is going. Like it's, to me, it's, it, you know, it seems like we just had Christmas and now it's like a month later almost. That's true. I was, um, I was watching wrestling earlier. Imagine that. Yeah. And, uh, they're hyping up a show and said, oh, and you know, a week and a half on February, whatever, I thought, wait, February is that close? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, there's a, a guy at work, um, He they're doing like a Super Bowl draw, and I, and I was thinking, holy crap, like we're almost at the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Like, like uh, anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for this week, uh, we got some uh, news and discussion. But as always, we're going to begin with the In Memoriam segment. Uh, so um, David Crosby from The Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash passed away January 19th at the age of 81. Um, I'm not sure about the cause of death at the time, but uh, um, yeah, no. Um, you know, like if, if you're not... Uh, um, you know, if you're, uh, especially someone our age, uh, you had to have heard some of his music at some point in your life. Like, he's, you know, you know, a giant in a lot of ways in, in, the, in the music community, so. But, uh, yeah, 81. I'll, that. I'll, and I'll be honest, like, I feel bad. I thought he was already dead, for one. Yeah, well, he, he had a colorful life. That you know, I, I, I found out about, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, it's we were actually talking about that earlier today uh, about an actress. Like, I, I'm I still don't know if she passed away, I forgot to Google it, but we were talking, we were watching a, a show, and um, 
you know, we know the 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 guy on the show passed away, but not not his wife. So I still got still got to look that up after this. Well, and um, Dave Dave Crosby, in addition to music, of course, mm-hmm. he is uh, Barney's AA sponsor on The Simpsons. Oh yeah, right. And I I remember a conversation from man. I'm guessing I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, went over to my best friend's house. We're just going to hang out, you know, do whatever. And um, I'd been watching TV earlier in the day. I didn't know what he was doing earlier in the day, but I showed up to his house. And I said, out of curiosity, and there was no lead up to this conversation or anything. But I said to my friend, I said, out of curiosity, if you were a lesbian, and without another word, he, rem- he immediately responds with, no, I would not have picked David Crosby as the father of my child. Because hmm. Melissa Etheridge, her kid, it came out many years later that David Crosby was the donor right. for Melissa Etheridge's child. Yeah, now that you say that, I re- yeah. Um, but I imagine she was like a like a super fan or something of his. So, oh, or I, I mean, both musicians. Maybe it's just you know, <clears throat> oh, this is the guy that I've known for years that I trust that, you know, I I know won't hurt me or anything in this. Yeah, you know, I did that will keep his word, and and I I don't know if he was a part of the kid's life as well, but we all maybe was. Hmm. But um, again, now that I'm a woman, but. He would not have been my first choice if I had to guess. You know? Yeah. Eh, but yeah, like you said, you know, maybe they were friends, and and yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's an interesting tidbit. Um, yeah, but uh, someone, I mean, that our generation, of course, our parents' generation, even more so. But a musician that was just always there and always around, and and also one that. You know, a, a song you've heard all your life, you went, wait, he does that song too? Mm-hmm. You know, just like a, a wealth of talent there. Yep. Yeah, no, like, I always knew he was the Crosby and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But, uh, I, you know, like, I didn't know he was part of the birds. I, You know, like, until I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, of course I know this guy's music, yeah. Uh, you know, and to see him, like I, like, I know, like, if I saw him on a magazine, I was like, oh, that's... You know, David Crosby. Um, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, he passed away at the age of 81. Um, all right, so uh, we'll move on to the news segment. Um, so this is a big big news uh, item for uh, comic book fans. And uh, this comes 11 months after uh, the last big you know, shake up with this company. Um, Comixology, the digital comic app that provides, uh, you know, digital comics to, uh, to, you know, to everyone, is being gutted by Amazon layoffs. Amazon is to lay off 18,000 employees within the next 6 to 12 months. And Comixology, the Comixology department was hit first with uh, 50 to 70 percent 50 to 75% laid off and basically a skeleton crew left to run comiXology. And I know, uh, I heard on a, on another podcast today that, um, 
they issued a statement saying that uh, they still have, they're still licensed by the comic book companies to provide digital comics through June. So I don't know what that means exactly. If if after you know starting in July, they're not going to give or provide an outlet for for new comic books, uh, or if the the app's just going to fold. And we're just going to have to go to Kindle now exclusively for our comic books, um, which is kind of what I'm already doing. Um, because as I mentioned, like back in February, they, you know, they did this shift to this, you know, updated version of their app, which was not an, not really updated. It was like they took two steps backwards with their app and it was actually worse off than... I think when I first started using the app and um, you know, I had to go to the Kindle store to buy new comic books and I could, because the comicsology app in Canada isn't supported by amazon.ca. So, and that's where essentially you have to get your comic books now. So I have to get it through the Kindle app anyway. Um, So basically comicsology, I was just kind of using for the library. I already built up within it which also transferred to kindle so if the comiXology app does shut down eventually like all my books that i paid for through comiXology are still with kindle which is good because i would have been really really upset if uh if i lost all that digital content um but uh yeah it just it it it's just, it sucks, you know, like, you know, when Amazon bought that company, you know, who would have thought that this is where it would end up? Um, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, one of those, uh, you know, tell, you know, those tales of uh, a bigger company coming in, buying the littler company, and then the littler company gets phased out. And, and it sucks because, like I said, like Comixology... Prior to this update that they did back in February 2022, was a good app. I liked it. It worked good. You know, um, the, you know, it was easy to find new comic books. It, you know, it was easy to use. Like I said, uh, I, I had said on a previous podcast that it seems like when I get a comic through um, Kindle, it takes up more space on my tablet than it did going through the Comicsology app, which it which it shouldn't. It should be the same file size and everything but it's not um so i so i can only have i can i have to have fewer comics on my on my device than i did before and you know it's you know it's just a pain in the butt if you're somewhere without you know wi-fi and and you can't just download stuff or whatever but uh, kevin what are your thoughts on on this news of the layoffs and whatnot i mean uh... The buying of Comixology, they never seemed to know what they were doing with it. It was, mm-hmm. let's run it as a separate one, and then let's try to absorb it, and everything's working all wrong. And it was never really fixed. And I, I complained, I thought it was on here, maybe not. But um, I, I don't I don't keep up a uh, Prime account, because I just, I'm one of the few, probably, mm-hmm. I just, I do not order enough stuff from Amazon to make it worth it. It's really, like, around Christmas time. And usually they give you a free 30 days if you're doing that anyways around Christmas. Yep. So I had it, and it was 
oh, here's Kindle Unlimited reading. I thought, oh, what's in that? And there's a bunch of comics on there. But it's not comics and it's not Comicsology Unlimited. It's an entirely different yep. unlimited catalog of stuff to read. So I read through a couple of comics that were on Kindle Unlimited that were not on the Comicsology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. They're both run through Amazon, though. So why on earth are there different titles? It would be like if I went, it it would be like if McDonald's Breakfast and McDonald's Rest of the Day were two different companies. Yeah. And I can go into a McDonald's for both. Yep. But I have to, uh, you know, I have to have like a McDonald's Breakfast account and a McDonald's uh, rest of the day account, even though I'm in the same establishment for both things, I need yep. two separate accounts for it. Like, how does it make sense? I'm already here yep. and I, I need different things. Um, but I mean, if so, maybe they're going to kill Comixology and it'll all go to Kindle Unlimited. Maybe they've already taken what tech and numbers and resources they want from Comixology and they're going to just throw the husk back out there to operate as its own company. Uh, maybe they're going to give up. Marvel has their own like unlimited service. Mm-hmm. DC has one. I could see, you know, everyone else just teaming up into a third service, but that's the issue we're seeing with streaming media too. Yeah. We, you know, a lot of people got rid of cable to save money, but if you want access to every streaming service there is, or that you would want, you're up to that cable money then. So you're not saving anything. So why would, you know, the whole point of these uh, unlimited digital comics is to have access to a lot. Well, if you're paying, you know, let's say 10 bucks a month for Marvel 1, 10 for DC, and 10 for everything else, then suddenly you're not saving that money. And the thing with the with the Marvel and DC apps, as far as I as far as I know, they're not like when in, like uh, you know comics come out on on well I guess for DC it's Tuesday, for Marvel it's Wednesday. Uh, those books aren't available for three months on the app. Right. So you know that kind of sucks. The nice thing about Comicsology is everything was together, you know, in one yeah. place. Like oh. Image Boom. One stop shopping. Yep. Archie, what you know, DC, Marvel, you know, whatever you wanted, um, and I mean, Kindle does have that, but you have to search it up. It's not, it's not user friendly at all. Like it, it, like what Kindle needs to do is have like a comic book section to their app. You know, like like they need to separate their comics from their books, and they and they just don't. Um, but like like up here in Canada. Uh, we didn't get Comixology Unlimited. Like, I, I would have totally subscribed to that. But it's, again, like, you know, even before this change, you know, last year, it wasn't available. But when when I had to download Kindle and all that stuff last year, I discovered that Kindle Unlimited is available um, in Canada. So that was kind of cool. Because, um, you know, we never had access to that before. Um, and also... I, I've heard, because like I said, like the Comixology app in Canada isn't compatible with Amazon.ca, so you can't buy books from it anyway. Um, but from what I heard in the States, you would go on the Comixology app and comics would be priced at, priced at a different price rate on Kindle. 
Like, they weren't even the same price, even though you're technically buying them from the same place. Yeah, there could be price differences, yeah. There's... Yeah, which is just goofy. You know, it's, you know, it's like the, you know, like the right hand not knowing what the left hand's doing. Like, it it, it, it was just dumb. Um, But, yeah, it's, you know, and, and it sucks for, for all them people that are losing their jobs. Like, you know, that's a lot of jobs, 18,000 jobs uh you know like i mean that's not just comicsology that's you know amazon as well but uh yeah it just it sucks you know i'm just glad you know at least through kindle like my library of books that i purchased through comicsology is still there because i yeah like i said like i mean i bought a, i've bought a lot of comics from comicsology like i've i've went digital exclusive like um nine years ago, um, 2014, like I, I, I bought a tablet just for that reason. And my tablet, that's basically all I use it for is just for reading comic books. I don't use it for anything else. Um, and, and, you know, comiXology prior to 2022, uh, like when they did their previous update, it worked good. Like I, I liked it. It, it, you know, like, and there was lots of sales, um, like, if anything, I've actually saved a lot of money this last year uh, because, you know, like, I would just get into those comicsology sales, like, where you'd have, like, you know, these omnibuses and, and you know, and uh, collections for, like, five or ten bucks. You know, when, in, in if you were to buy the hard version, it would be, like, 30 to, like, $80, and you're buying them for five or ten. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been missing that, but, you know, I've been saving money, I guess, by not being exposed to that anymore, so. But, yeah, you know, I feel bad for those Amazon employees. Like, that sucks. Um, so the other bit of news that I have is I just seen this today. And, uh, Adult Swim cuts ties with Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Rowland following domestic yep. abuse allegations. Um, so the, the the headline reads, Breaking, Justin Roiland will no longer be working on Rick and Morty as Adult Swim is parting ways with the series co-creator following domestic abuse charges. According to a report from Deadline, production on the series will continue without Roiland. Uh, from what I understand, like if I remember this correctly, this was from like a, like 2020 or something. He got into a, into a domestic with uh, his wife or girlfriend. And, um, is now being charged. Uh, yeah, that sucks, you know. Um, you know, hopefully it's nothing, like, I, I don't know the details, you know, hopefully, you know, they've reconciled and, and stuff, but, I mean, you still got to pay the price for, you know, what you did, especially if, you know, the police get involved. Um, so, and I'm, you know, of course, you know, a company like Adult Swim, doesn't want that kind of negative publicity, so, you know, they have to part ways. So it's too bad for Rick and Morty because, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. So, uh, you know, it's too bad that, uh, that he's going to be no longer part of the show. But, uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this? So there's the, the charges that they're talking about and then kind of, Emboldened's not quite the right word, but mm -hmm. there were 
a lot of women um, writers and comedians that when the word was coming out were mm-hmm. like, hey, here's some stuff he did to me, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's and a lot good. of them. A lot of them were sharing screenshots of conversations and texts on Twitter, hmm. and it was getting really disturbing. Um, you know, uh, really like um, perverted flirting, hmm. and getting into like some really gross. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, like stuff that would make sense in a Rick and Morty yeah. <laughs> episode in a way. Yeah. Um, getting into really, really gross places. Uh, one of the girls, I think, was like 17 when he started bothering her. Oh. Yikes. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, hey, what if you wrote... I, I saw the song that you did about Rick and Morty. What if you did a song about Summer? Here's all the stuff I want in the song. It's really kind of gross and creepy. Oh, but I'm just kidding because I'm drunk. Yeah. Sure, sure. That's stuff you all send within two minutes. And we can see it's two minutes on the text. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. You you ask this person to write something really perverted and uncomfortable and then say that you're kidding and you were drunk and, you know, it's all just a joke. Within two minutes, boy, he sobered up really quick. Yeah. But um, And I know Dan Harmon's problematic, but... He didn't seem to cross this line either, though. No. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm not clutching my pearls or anything here. But, like, when you really think about the fact that Summer is 17 and all the stuff that's been done to her or she said or whatever. Yeah. Over seasons of the show, I'm like, but you made her 17 for a reason. She could have yeah. been 18. She could have been 19. She could have been 21. She could have been any age you want, but you still made her 17. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I actually seen that. Like, um, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or it was on a website somewhere, but yeah, they were talking about how, like, that character of Summer, you know, is, you know, sexually exploited on the show. Even though she's a cartoon character, she's still right. 17, you know, as a character. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It's And she she didn't have to be 17. She's a cartoon yeah. character. She can be any age you want her to oh, yeah. be. She could have been a college student like that. You know, it actually would have made yeah. more sense had she been a college student. But Yeah, but you made her that age for a reason. Yeah. And, I mean, I've I watched the show and laughed along and all, and I'm not, you know, you know, going to go and burn all of my copies or you know anything like that but you know once someone shined a light on this a lot of other stuff started to lighten up a little too yeah badly here yeah it it's unfortunately one of those situations it's you know like bill cosby or or michael jackson like you know like when all you know all the allegations of michael jackson like, and then, you know, they did that doc. you know, I'm going off a quick tangent here. Like, they did that documentary, you know, Finding Neverland or whatever. Um, I watched it, and I, I don't necessarily think those guys were lying, um, I, but I don't know. Like, Michael Jackson's not here 
to defend himself. He's not here to be investigated anymore. Uh, but even then, I remember thinking, this is odd. You know, like, why is this grown man hanging around with little kids? Like, it, you know, like, I'm, I, I mean, not to, you know, like, it's one thing to go, you know, take, you know, like a, a group of children, uh, you know, if you're a celebrity, you know, pay for them to go to Disneyland or whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, camp or whatever. Like, I mean, that, that happens a lot. But when you start having them for sleepovers one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, eh, you know. Um, so I remember, you know, the debate was after, you know, Finding Neverland was, do we play Michael Jackson music anymore? Do we listen to Michael Jackson music anymore? And it, and it just sucks because, you know, like, you know, some of the, you know, celebrities that, you know, we look up to or admire, like, I, you know, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. I, I, I love, I loved his music. Um, you know, Thriller is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, easily it's on my, probably my top five. Um, but you know, you, you got to separate it. You know, it's like, you know, Bill Cosby, like I, I, you know, he was America's dad. I love Bill Cosby. He was, you know, I said for years, you know, like going back probably 20 years before, you know, this was all coming to light. I used to say like, I, I want, he's one celebrity I would want to, I'd love to meet. I'd love to, you know, meet Bill Cosby because I think he would just be hilarious. I think he'd be, you know, he was up there with, you know, wanting to meet like Robin Williams, wanting to meet uh, Kevin Smith, wanting to meet George Lucas. Like he, you know, he was a big influence on my life. And now, you know, it turns out he's a monster. But you got to separate, you know, like the Co you know, like the Cosby Show. I haven't watched it in years, and I don't know if I ever will. But you can't really blame. Or you can't, you got to learn to detach the art from the artist, I guess. You know, and same with Rick and Morty, you know, like if this guy is a monster or whatever, I'm not saying he is, you know, like everything needs to be, you know, come out in a court of law, all that kind of stuff. I'm not, and I'm not going to, you know, go on the court of public opinion or anything like I'm, you know, I don't know the, all the facts. So I'm not going to, you know, speak to it, but if it turns out he is, you know, I'm not, you know, like you, like you said, I'm not going to go throw my Blu-rays of Rick and Morty away because, you know, I love that show, you know, and, and there are, there are a lot of other people that contribute to it as well, but, my... but it's just frustrating. It, it It's frustrating and it's, it, it's sad, you know, especially in today's day and age, you think people would be smarter than to, you know, be shooting texts like that to 17 year olds, you know, like, haven't we all watched to catch a predator? You know, like, you know, I, you know, I still watch those videos on YouTube because I, you know, I think how, how stupid are these guys to do this? But anyway, Kev, sorry, go ahead. No, no, fine. Um, my, my attitudes for a lot of these things, like, uh, Michael Jackson, um, at best, best case scenario, he was mentally stunted. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like he, he he had the mental level of a child and had people take care of him and yep. try to make him seem adult and mature, but you know, really he was stunted. Yeah, that's best case. Yeah, which is still messed up. But you know, if he's stunted, then I'm like, well, then the other kids are probably okay, and he's just a big kid himself. But yeah, it's still weird. Yeah. Um, Cosby Show. My my ex and I when uh 
our son was born, we watched all whatever nine, ten years of Cosby Show. That was our mm-hmm. nightly ritual. We'd sit down and eat dinner and watch, you know, two, three episodes, whatever, um, you know, every night and went through the whole series. Yeah. And like a month after we were done was when all the allegations came out. I'm like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And both of us said at the time, I'm glad I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed it and at the time and for nostalgia, like that was America's dad. Yep. But I can't watch it now. Yeah. Um but then for a lot of these things, uh my my own attitude, depending on what it is and, and whatever my um line and limit and, and cross is for each individual situation and celebrity um, do I want to still enjoy this thing separating art from the artist? It all depends on what it is. How far can we separate the art from the artist? Mm-hmm. Is this, you know, um, are we just now learning? Um, okay, just a crazy thing. This isn't a thing. This isn't an allegation. Just to make up something crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say we found out Siegel and Schuster were horrible people. Something leaks. Yeah. Okay, Superman has grown beyond his two creators. I can still enjoy Superman and buy Superman things and all. Yeah. And it's long <clears throat> past those two creators. Um, so is this movie, this TV show, this music, this whatever past its initial creators? Has it grown to become something else? Um, or if by me enjoying, by me still enjoying this thing, am I putting any money into this person's pocket? All right, so maybe I buy a CD at a thrift store because then that artist is not getting my money. Yeah. But then I have the CD, you know, or the DVD or whatever. You know, I yep. get it used. They're not getting any money from me, but I can still own it for my own collection. Yeah. And and for some stuff, like, I might just flat out be done. Like, I... um Past the, the showmanship, the... Let me just get attention. Let me bother people. Let me get headlines. I started to enjoy stuff Marilyn Manson was doing. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. I yeah. get what the music is. I'm understanding what's going on here. There's the showman part. There's the look at me part. But like, all right, let's listen to this album. Oh, I really like this album. And then all the stuff against him came out. I'm like, I just can't right now. Yeah. Maybe in the future I can, but I'm like, the whole point of me listening to his albums is how he's using his words to make a point and manipulate things. And when he's doing that against certain women, the, yeah. the same trick here, I'm like, I'm just going to pause this one for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I just seen that today that uh Yeah. He'll no longer be associated with Rick and Morty going forward. So, but, um, and then today we had, uh, the Oscar nominations come out and, uh, the two that stuck with me is, uh, for best actor, uh, just, um, I was going to say Justin Roiland. No, not Justin Roiland. Um, Brendan Fraser and Mm -hmm. Austin Butler, uh, Austin Butler for, uh, the Elvis movie. Um, and then, uh, Brendan Fraser for the whale, uh, which I have not seen. I've seen the Elvis movie and he did a great job, you know, like Austin Butler. He's amazing as Elvis. Um, but, uh, I haven't seen the whale. 
but from what I've seen, it looks pretty good. And uh, Brendan Fraser looks, you know, like he's done an amazing job. And I really like Brendan Fraser. Um, you know, not only is he, you know, Canadian, um, but I, you know, I always used to like him. Like when, you know, when he was in the nineties, like he was in Encino Man, um, uh, Dudley Do Right. Uh, you know, he was in the Mummy movies. Um, and then more, most, more recently he was in the Doom Patrol. He was uh, Robot Man in, uh, in, uh, the Doom Patrol. And like honestly, I kind of I kind of bailed on Doom Patrol and you know at the beginning of season two, uh, and season one was kind of a slog for me. But the one of the reasons why I kept going back was because of Brendan Fraser because I I really liked uh, really liked Brendan Fraser and I really liked what he was doing in that role. Um, but the you know I didn't really care for the show, so that's why I had to kind of you know cut it. But um, and then. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Short round, uh, the, yep. the the actor. He's up for I think best actor as well, and same with um, uh, Michelle Yeoh for mm-hmm. best actress. And oh, there's one more I was thinking about, but anyway, uh, the Oscar nominations. Yeah, so those were today. So you know, kudos to Brendan Fraser. Like I said, I'm, I'm you know, I'd like to see him win it, but Austin Butler. Also did an amazing job, so I could see that, you know, going his way as well. But uh, Kev, did you have any any more news, or did you want to comment on the Oscars at all? Um, yeah, I was gonna say I, I'll do both. Uh, okay. It it does make me realize how badly I need to finally sit down and watch everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, me too. Like I've wanted to, I just have not gotten around to it. But I don't know a single person who has watched it who hasn't enjoyed it. Everyone's like, this movie is incredible. Um, so I want to see it. Uh, Brian Fraser being nominated for Best Actor. I mean, you, you know, you're listening off the roles. None of those roles scream Best Actor contender. No. no. You know, like so, so good for him. And I think that's one of the things. And we don't get it all the time for the Oscars because I've reevaluated my opinions of it and I, I have an uncle that loves movies mm-hmm. you know every time we're together he's like oh i watched this and i watched that and i watched this and all and uh one of my good friends uh around high school college age he was a huge movie buff like instead of going to a sports game he would travel you know to the biggest city for like whatever film fest they were having oh, okay yeah you know, that, that was his thing yeah and there there are people that do i'll i'll say cinema you know, and I'm, I'm using that word on purpose. Like, oh, these are the movies that matter. These are the movies with, you know, the incredible acting and, and the incredible writing. And we're trying to say, you know, something about the human condition. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, but is it entertaining? Am I having fun? Am I, am I enjoying the two hours of my life? Yeah. Or am I, you know... Get, having my nose put in the air and thinking I'm better than other people or yeah. feeling sort of, you know, um, the transference of pain through the screen or something, you know, like I just want to be entertained. Yeah. So a movie like everything everywhere at once, I'm going to be entertained by that movie and it's going to say something and it's going to have amazing acting in it. Like it can be everything. Yep. I don't need to see some movie that, you know, ends with like, you know, every character committing suicide or fucking whatever. Yeah. 
know, like I, I, I'm done with that level of movie. I, I did that when I was in my, you know, late teens and twenties and, you know, going to coffee shops and thinking I'm cooler than the room and all, you know, yeah. that phase. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. And that's what most of the Oscars are now. Yeah. Um, now to go to the other thing though, do I have any news? Chris, let's continue the sexy cartoon talk. Okay. Have you seen what's going on with M and M's? Oh yeah, where they're where they're canceling the <laughs> the girl M M&M and M because she looks like a like a teacher. Well, actually, so, I seen, that was on Saturday Night Live where she looks like a teacher that would uh, sleep with her students. All right, so here here's what I here's my rundown of it with slight opinion factored in mm-hmm. from everything I. <clears throat> absorbed of the story all right so i believe the m&m is just freshening up the, the look of the cartoon mascots a little bit here and there yeah if you even if we just go with the, the red and the yellow the plain and the peanut from when they first appeared to now they look slightly different any animated anything that lasts a certain amount of time should evolve and change and look cleaner yeah. and or change up the costume or whatever yeah. Especially, and, and I don't know for sure, but like, I I know there's an M&M store in Times Square, Manhattan. I'm sure there's M&M stores in like, you know, a, a Los Angeles, a Toronto, a, you know. There's like, one they, in Vegas for sure. Okay. Yeah. I've been there. So I'm sure they got all sorts of merchandise with all these different M&M mascots for all the different flavors and all the different colors. Yep. Well, you know what? If you you go to Vegas one year and you go again in two years and you go to that store, they really should not have the same merchandise. They should have all new merchandise. Yep. So the, the stuffed animals or the stickers or the buttons or the shirts or whatever for these characters should look slightly different. So you buy more. That's, that's just capitalism. Yep. So you change the look of the M&M characters makes sense. Well then, um, blowhard talk show 24-hour news person tucker carlson Mm. apparently was upset because he didn't know if he wanted to sleep with the green m&m anymore because she she's not in her boots you know he's he's not sure if he's supposed to find this attractive or not it's a freaking cartoon candy yeah you're not supposed to find attractive at all yeah whether she's wearing boots, sneakers, flip-flops, Crocs, whatever. Like, it's a cartoon. Calm down. Yeah. But he, he gets his listeners and his watchers and everything all riled up. And then, then we have to throw out, like, well, what what is this about Eminem? What's this supposed to represent? Where are they supposed to look like? And am I supposed to feel certain ways? It's candy mascot. If you're feeling anything, that's your own damn problem. Mm-hmm. You feel anything before, after, or since? Like you got your own things to worry about. It's candy mascots. You shouldn't give a shit other than thirty seconds of the commercial, and it's just to get you to buy more candy. That's all that it is. Yeah. But they get all worked up about it. So M and M's post a thing on all their social media. Hey, due to the backlash, we're going to temporarily retire slash suspend these characters. Um, all of our new advertising is going to have Maya Rudolph because no one hates Maya Rudolph, which is funny on its own as a post. Yeah. 
I personally think all of this is Eminem getting a lot more attention for free because this mm-hmm. is everywhere. Yeah. They did, they didn't have to pay a penny to put this up on their social media. They're getting tons of free coverage. I think it's going to be a Super Bowl ad of my Rudolph comes out. And she's like, hey, I'm the new face of M&M's because of this other stuff. And our familiar M&M mascots will be like in the background or some. It's going to be the whole thing's going to be tongue in cheek, wink and a nod. Yeah. They're still going to be there. But like my Rudolph will be up front, but the M&M ones are still going to be in the back or, you know, um. You know, she'll open up a, a, I don't know, a closet or a storage drawer, and they'll be hiding inside there. And she's like, "Oh, we're we're not supposed to show them anymore." The whole thing's gonna be like some elaborate joke that yeah. they're doing. Which, if I'm correct, I'll laugh when we get to that point. Yeah. But brilliant for the free advertising now. Now. Yep. Now my favorite thing. So all of that was a couple of days ago at the time of recording. My favorite thing is today. A and W Root Beer released a statement. Hey, we're where our beloved bear mascot for the last 50 years is not wearing pants, and that's inappropriate for today's <laughs> day. And it's a whole run through, and they put up a new design of him wearing pants and all. I'm like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Just to take the piss out of the whole thing. So I thought that was pretty clever. So, and then AW Root Beer and all their, you know, I, I think they still have some of their like hot dog stands and, you know, whatever around the country. Now, they get all this free advertising and notice, too. Yeah. So just, I'm having fun with it as a joke. Yeah. The people that are getting worked up about it, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that the war in Ukraine is over. Yeah. I didn't realize that COVID is over. I didn't realize all the horrible things in the world are over, that we have to fight and argue over if we want to have sex with cartoon characters. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm enjoying it for a laugh, but the people taking this way too seriously, I I feel bad for. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, yeah, maybe they were planning on retiring the character anyway, and maybe you yep. know someone just got in Tucker Carlson's ear and was like, "Hey, you know, you should talk about this." You know, and you know, someone it was a plan from M&Ms to get him to get get him all riled up. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with just. Hey, we we are a company. We had this mascot for a while, and it's kind of we've had it for a long time. And it's gotten old, and let's go for new mascot. And maybe that one works, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe yeah. we come back to these ones as a throwback later on. Um, the Energizer Bunny is still around. Yep. But I remember like, um, what the heck was it? The like plastic rubber face battery mascots. I think it was Duracell in the nineties. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I don't really remember. Okay. That. But well, I mean like it, commercials for like a good year or two and then they were gone as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like mascots can come and go. It yeah. happens. McDonald's. Okay. McDonald's. Yeah, very successful. It's still Ronald McDonald, but the McDonald slogan changes about every five years. Yeah. Well, up here you know, in Canada, just... like uh, I don't know what it's like in the states, but like Ronald McDonald's in his fr- and like the whole McDonald's land stuff is kind of gone now from the oh, restaurants. Oh yeah, no, they're okay. They're pretty much gone here. Like 
maybe uh, maybe there's a kids commercial for McDonald's or a Happy Meal commercial, but that would be it. But the Playlands are almost all gone. There's a couple still around, and uh, you know, like you got to search for them if you yeah. just want that bit of nostalgia. But I, I mean, that's a whole other tangent. Every McDonald's looks the same now. It looks like a boring office building. Yeah. Like, bring back some color in the world, please. Especially McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. I, I don't know if, like, they were getting sued because of the Playlands. You know, if think kids were getting hurt or something. Maybe that's why they're phasing them out. Uh, but, like, when my kids were younger, I used to love going to McDonald's just so they could go play. You know, like, it, you, yeah. you know, like my wife and I would sit and, you know, usually the kids would get their food to go because they'd be so busy playing. They wouldn't eat while we were actually there. Um, and it, you know, like I have a lot of good memories of that, you know, like I was, you know, it, it's kind of sad that they're, they're not around like they used to be. Um, so I can't take my granddaughter to them. So that kind of sucks. But No, I, I found a site for the States that was um, a list of McDonald's that still had play places. Okay. And it turned, it turned out that like, it it wasn't that far from where I live, but it's one of those, you know, you, you're driving from one town to another and you cut through the smaller town and don't really pay attention to it. And it turned out that smaller town had one. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my God, I've, I've cut through this town like hundreds of times and uh, not paying attention to McDonald's, just McDonald's. Well, it turned out they still have the play place in it, though. Yeah. So, like, well, I guess I know where we're going next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I got, you know, uh, you know, in the last few years, like, they had like an air hockey table and, and stuff like that. Like, it, it was a lot of fun, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, um, tangent again, but, uh, the Chuck E. Cheese that was around us closed as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, so the nearest one is about half an hour away. Like, it's not bad, but mm-hmm. you really gotta, you know, you gotta plan it out now for it being further. And people say, oh, well, um, you could go to Dave and Buster's. Alright, one, there were more Chuck E. Cheese's around than there were Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. And two, Dave and Buster's is more of like an adult playground thing. I mean, yeah, there's stuff for kids, but it's different. I want somewhere kids can just run around and eat crappy fast food and just have fun. Yeah. And and also reasonably affordable for the parents, too. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have Dave and Buster's up here in Canada. Like, at least not where I live. Uh, but we do have Chuck E. Cheese. Like, there, Edmonton has a couple locations. I don't know if they're still open. Because, um, yeah, it's been years since I took my kids. Um but yeah, again, a lot of a lot of good memories there. Like the like the kids loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's a sign of times, I guess, phasing out all these characters and whatnot. Yeah, they just don't want kids to have fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and I just don't get it. You know, it'll come back. Like probably in like another ten years, there'll be like a nostalgia renaissance for those type of things, and we'll see you know, them come back maybe, but well, they're, they're already trying in the States. Um, like, uh, I, I forget what they call it. Pizza, pizza hut classic or something like that. Oh, okay. But they're trying to do the pizza hut restaurants. Like they used to be in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Which I loved. And, I, I loved going pizza hut was like a, like a treat. Oh, absolutely. But it, 
everything about it from like the the Pepsi cups, the mm-hmm. lights overhead, the terrible salad bar. Yeah. You know, like everything. P- Pizza Hut was fancy dining when you were a kid. Like, oh, my God, we get to go into Pizza Hut. Oh, jeez, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And now, like, I haven't wanted or asked for or known anyone that's gone to Pizza Hut in probably, like, 10 years. Yeah. They still exist. Oh, yeah. But no one cares. It doesn't have the feel for it anymore. Yeah. Well, we, like, it's funny you say uh, Pizza Hut. We actually just got one last year in my town. Um and it's just a takeout place. Like, there's no, yeah. no, like, absolutely no dining in at all. Like, it's just strictly, you know, you, you, you know, go online and place your order or, you know, stop in, place your order, and then come back. But, and I'm not a big fan of the Pizza Hut pizza. I don't mind it, but I, I don't know. I'd rather order from my local place than, than that place. But, anyway. Oh, uh, I, I mean, yeah, a local one's always going to taste better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, but at the same time, I know some of the people that work at Pizza Hut, so I want to support them as well, so. But any, anyway, uh, did you have anything else, Kev? Um, no. All right. Well, we'll move on to our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where we discuss things that uh, we've been reading, watching, listening to, and, you know, just basically feeding our brain. And then uh, we can make it a pick or a pan. Uh, So, Kevin, what do you have this week for brain candy? All right. So um, a bit late to the game for it, because I believe you already did it. Okay. But I finally watched fighting with my family i that i actually haven't watched that oh you haven't no it's really good yeah florence Pugh's in it and i didn't realize that yeah yep looking like a baby in it practically jeez yeah i mean granted she's got a baby face anyways but this is like even more so i want to say that came Um, out in 2018 i think i think you're right 2018, 2019, somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but uh, based on a real-life story, we'll say, so, you know, certain things are changed, certain yeah. things are made more interesting for the movie and stuff like that. But uh, British um, brother and sister that uh, wrestle for their parents and WWE agrees to give them a look and how their lives change based on their tryout yeah. for it. And uh, Florence Pugh is playing a character that's supposed to be Paige, who uh, is now called Soraya in WWE, or sorry, in AEW now. Um, okay. She switched companies. Whole long story for her. But it's, it's just going up to her from uh, her town in England to trying out for WWE to her debut on Raw. And there's lots of funny stuff. There's lots of family drama to it. Um, there is wrestling, but it's not like overwhelming. Like okay. you could, you could not care about wrestling at all and enjoy this movie just for a movie, just for a you know small town girl, you know gets a chance to succeed kind of story. Yeah, 
that we've seen before. It's just instead of being, you know, a singer or a dancer or a whatever, this one's a wrestler. But it's that same story, though. Yeah. And it was just thoroughly enjoyable, loads of fun. Um, there was any part of it that I was, like, really rolling my eyes or felt dragged down or anything. Even the supporting actors do a great job. And there's stuff... I mean, I, I know the story of the woman it's based on and I'm like, okay, well she was actually wrestling for this long and she actually did this and she actually did that. It's an hour and a half, give or take movie. We don't need all that stuff. You know, that like that's pointless. I don't need the wrestling history minutia lessons in an hour and a half movie. I just need the story of the movie. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you just toss that aside and you enjoy the movie for a movie that happens to have a wrestling connection. If you don't care about wrestling at all, you can just enjoy the movie because the movie is really good and just has like some wrestling in it. Um, I was talking to my friends and, and one of the things that, uh, well, you know, I, any single wrestling fan, I think, has discussed this and it is, uh, if you're dating someone, how do you get them into wrestling? You know, if it's a thing that you like to watch every week, how do you bring them into it? Because, you, you know, there's certain... You, you can't show them, like, a hardcore death match first. Mm-hmm. You know, you, um, you can't show them, you know, uh, certain things that require you to know a year's worth of storyline first. But I'm uh, this movie might be up there for me. I'm like, you could just watch the movie, enjoy the movie for the movie, think some of the wrestling stuff is interesting, and have questions and want to watch. But it, it could at least be like, oh, okay, I'm curious about this. Let's watch this now. Oh, who was this person in the movie? They seemed interesting. I would like to watch a match that that person's in. You know, whatever it might be. Mm. I, I think it would be a great, you know, way to open the door into, you know, someone new watching wrestling for it. Yeah. yeah also, I mean, she's amazing in it, too. Florence Pugh. She's so good. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cast list, like with The Rocks in it, Stephen Merchant. Vince Vaughn, no. Nick Frost, no. Lena Headey, um, John Cena, uh, The Big Show, Sheamus. Um, no. Who else here? Oh, and Jerry Lawler's in it. Like, yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, it was loads of fun. Um, uh, another... A podcast I listen to, a wrestling one, every week they signed uh, an assignment to watch. Yep. And uh, one of the hosts, I, I think it started as a joke, he's just said, this year I'm going to pick a wrestling-related movie. Every time I have to pick homework, it's going to be a wrestling-related movie. So I did uh, Ready to Rumble a couple weeks ago, which I hadn't watched in probably 10 years at this point. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> But I love it because it's terrible. Yeah, that was with like WCW guys, right? Like Goldberg yep. and yeah, yep. And and David Arquette's the main star of it. Yeah, I I yeah, I remember watching. I remember buying that movie on pay per view back in the day. Like I want to say that was like two thousand. Yeah, came out, and yeah, I remember really liking it. Like it's I haven't seen it you know since, but I remember it was really good. Oh, I mean, like as a as a dumb wrestling movie, it's great. Yeah, as a movie, movie it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not watching it for a movie. You yeah. know, for for cinema to to go back. Yeah. Um. 
Right. Oh, sorry, just quickly. And Oliver Platt's in that too, right? Like he's the. Yes. Yes. He's the he's he's the guy that gets like you know thrown out of the company, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He he does all the acting heavy lifting in it. Yeah, like that was that was yeah. Now that yeah, I remember that. That was great. And yeah, Goldberg was in it, and yeah, it was good. But sorry, Kev, go ahead. I no no no, you're fine. Um, let's see, uh, read a ton of comics lately, uh, as I'm trying to finally get through my to read piles. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, Dark Knights of Steel, very good. It's pretty much uh, Superman's ship from the exploding Krypton lands in medieval times. Yep. Instead, and just how everything changes from there. But uh, very interesting, really fun story for that, and it's nowhere near done. Uh, the latest volume of Something's Killing the Children is out, and oh my god. Like, I'm going nuts for it. I still got to check that I out. Want, oh, this, I want the next volume now. It was just amazing, and like so worried about everyone in it. I was like, oh, bad things are coming. Bad things are going to happen here. Yep. Um, but then there's ones like uh, I read the Captain Carter series, and I just overall didn't care. It, it was yeah. okay, yeah. but overall didn't care. I finally read Avengers Forever. No. <laughs> the the original care. one or the new one? The new one. Oh, okay. Yeah. The new one. It, it's just um, I, I was reading the manga, and I, I, I'm. I'm donating it to uh, my library's like free area. Oh, okay. Because um, I I didn't enjoy it that much that I immediately want it out of my house. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, the Mandalorian comic is just retelling the first couple episodes of the show. Oh, okay. So like, really not worth it, unfortunately. Yeah, I was hoping it would be, but it really is not. Uh, Super Sons, which is um, Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. first teaming up. And, like, uh, their dads, Batman and Superman, say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you guys, uh, we're going to give you a clubhouse, like, somewhere to, to hang out and work. And you're going to be able to be superheroes, but you got to get all your homework done, too. And we're going to keep an eye on you. And then they just get into all sorts of crazy adventures. But it's just fun Mm -hmm. it was really fun to read and uh speaking of fun to read have you ever read anything from scotty young like he did i hate fairyland and uh the the marvel wizard of oz books yes but he did oh what did he do that i really enjoyed oh i can't remember but Sorry, go go ahead there, Kev. Like I I know I have read him because he's also an artist too, right? Like he's not just yes, right? Oh no, he's yeah. a very distinctive art style too. Yeah, I I need to um for my speedball collection. He's got a cover that I I just want that cover, and I'm trying to not just buy covers. Yeah, but he has a speedball one that I want, so eventually I'll grab that. Uh, he uh, just got collected recently. He had a series called Twig. Okay. Which was so good. So, Twig is just like a little. Oh God, 
like little fuzzy woodland creature looking thing. And he, what they call it? he's he is a placekeeper, I think uh, is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, hey, somewhere in this world, there's a hero who's going on a quest. And part of the quest is he needs to go to this far off land and retrieve this thing. You know, the MacGuffin. He needs yeah. to retrieve this thing. I'm the one that has to make sure that thing is there. So before a hero starts his journey, I have to do this journey as well to place this thing there. So when he arrives, he's there to get it and then save the world. Yeah. I was like, what a crazy concept. Yeah. So you're not our hero. You're the background player for the hero. But you are a hero having your own adventure in the story. But knowing your role of like, oh, no, no, I'm just this is an adventure for me. I'm not doing anything. I'm just doing my job. Of, yeah. I need to put this thing here. But, uh, like, amazingly drawn, crazy, like, it, it's almost like Dr. Seuss-level art for the worlds that were created in this. Hmm. And and the creatures and stuff. But, it, like, Dr. Seuss doing an adventure comic, really. Like, really, really cool stuff. I hope he does more for it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've gotten through so much. Oh, and the the last one for um, year-long thing, I've probably mentioned it before, but as of tonight, I have finished Volume 1 of Sandman. And what do you think? So, have you read it? I can't remember. I have. I've, I'm up to... I, I'm on... I just started the third collection. Okay. So everyone's been saying, when you finish Volume 1, you'll be hooked. Yeah. There's no way to not be hooked by Volume 1. And the podcast I'm listening to that I'm reading alongside, they kept saying, it's so interesting how this was tied into superheroes, mm-hmm. but it's also a horror book. But then Issue 8, which is the last issue of the first collection, Preludes, Preludes and Nocturnes, I think, mm-hmm. Um that's when everything changes. Issue eight hits and you're, it's like, oh, here's where we're going now. And I thought, all right. So I, I finish issue set because um, the, the way it's broken up for this reading thing that I'm in, I had to do issue seven and eight this week. So I finished issue seven, which is the second part of the Dr. Destiny story, which is not as good as the first part. The first part, issue six, is one of the most disturbing, creepy, horrible single issues of a comic, maybe of anything I've ever read. That just messed me up. Mm-hmm. Seven is very interesting and a very good story, but it didn't hit... The horror is not the same. Yeah. Eight is when death shows up for the first time. Oh my god, the converse, just the conversation between them. Yeah. There's so much to pull out of it. There's so much to quote. There's so much to just stop, close the book, and think about what you read for a couple minutes before you can continue on. Mm-hmm. So I get it how everyone's like, yeah, you're there. Let's keep going now. Because <laughs> now that you've read this, now that you know what's going on, now it's time to go on the ride. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and I, I was looking up, I was trying to find a, a 
picture of the panel um, in the comic. And unfortunately, it's showing that panel interpreted for the Sandman TV show, which I've promised myself I'm not watching until the end of the year after I've read all the books. But now I know that this episode has been interpreted, or this issue has been interpreted for an episode of the Netflix show. Yeah. And, um, I, like, well, I'll just, I'll just roll into my brain candy. Um, because the Sandman, I wanted to talk about that, the, the Netflix show, because I just finished the first season. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say that episode with Death is probably my favorite episode of the season. Um, and it's actually two stories. Like, it really could have been two different episodes, but they combined two different stories with her into one. So I don't want to spoil the second story, because uh, I don't think you've read that yet. But it, it was no. awesome. Um, and and uh, the show is really good. I really like it. Um, you know, like, and I don't really have a lot of complaints. Like, it, it's it's good. It. it um, you know, a couple nitpicks. Like, I think, like, I like the actor who plays Morpheus. Um, he's he's really good. My only complaint, and I know this is this is gonna, this is going to sound funny to say, he's not white enough. Um, and what I mean is, uh, like Morpheus in the comic book, he's like pale white. He's almost like white white as yeah. snow, right? Like he's he's whiter than the white people in the comic book. Uh, but on the show, like, they don't do that. Like, um, like, uh, like when I say white, it's almost like the Joker, like Joker white. Um, that's how Morpheus' skin is in the comic book. But in the show, they don't do that. Like, the, like he's just a white guy. Um, so I was like, eh, I kind of wish, you know, like, kind of, you know, because it, in the comic book gives Morpheus more of a supernatural vibe you know, like his look, um, you know, but I mean the hair and the way he walks and talks and like, you know, his body type, it's all bang on with the show. It's just the skin tone is not white enough. Um, so that is one nitpick and that's kind of it. Like, you know, like, I mean, they've, uh, done some gender swaps and some, uh, race swaps. Uh, most notably is death. Like in the, comic she looks like a like a white goth girl um yeah. but in the in the show she's a african-american woman uh like she's not a, she doesn't look like a teenager she looks like a woman in her you know mid-20s uh you know maybe late 20s and but i mean she was she was fantastic in the role like you know and beautiful and just nailed the the, the part i think um, so I, I did, I really didn't mind, you know, some of the, the changes that they did for the show. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. And, uh, so they did, I think it was, what is it? 10 episodes, but then they did an 11th episode. Like they released it like as, a month later. Yep. As a surprise. Yeah. And that was a good episode too. Um, I was introduced to this Canadian actress. I'd never seen her before, but man, was she beautiful. Whoa. Um, cause she plays, uh, is it Aphrodite? Um, she's, she's a Greek goddess. 
so of course you know like the gods and goddesses have to be beautiful and she she is beautiful like like stunningly beautiful on the show um and then yeah arthur darville um i think that's his name he he was uh, one of the companions on doctor who uh with matt smith he was rory on doctor who he's oh, in yep. that he's in that episode and and he was fantastic um and i and i've uh you know i kind of i think it's filmed in canada i believe because there were some canadian actors i recognized in the show uh but yeah no it, it was it was great um i highly recommend it you know especially if you like the comic book uh i think even if you don't like the comic book because i like I, you know like i said i've only i haven't read all of sandman either um but uh you know i think you know even if you haven't read it you can still enjoy it um so the next one on my list that i'm going to talk about is the last of us and that's the new hbo series uh with uh pedro pascal as the lead character and oh i'm drawing a blank on her name uh she played uh um liana mormont on uh, game of thrones so but you know two two game of thrones actors also anna torv's in it she was on uh, the tv series fringe um and it it it's a cool show to watch for a couple like i i for a couple of reasons for me um you know it's a post-apocalyptic show it's kind of you know it's got the walking dead type of vibe to it uh i've never played the games i'm not a gamer um, so I really knew nothing going into this other than the concept of the games. Um, but I'm told that this is faithful to the games, except for one area where it's not. Uh, but I completely understand why they changed that. Cause I, in the games, I guess, you know, like this, uh, fungal, uh, pandemic that's, you know, taken over the world, um, is spread through uh, the release of spores into the air. So if you breathe in these spores, you, you know, you become infected. Uh, they didn't do that on the show. You know, like, I guess that's a big component of the game. Um, and the reason being, I think, for the most... I think two reasons. I think, one, because in the game you have to put on, like, a gas mask for some of these levels that, you know, you, when you're going through some of these zones and stuff. Uh, so they didn't want to, you know, have Pedro Pascal masked up, you know, like, I mean, he does it enough on the Mandalorian, you know, they just, you know, it's, it's the same reason why, you know, every Spider-Man always takes off his mask in the movies because they want to see the actor, you know, especially if you're paying the, you know, this actor to be in the show, you don't want to have him wearing a mask all the time. Um, right. unless you're the Mandalorian, but, uh, so I think that's part of the reason. And also it's just kind of a logic thing. You know, I know some of, some of the gamers are not, they don't like that, this change, but really, cause they have these like safe zones. Like I, I think he starts out in Boston and like, you know, like there's this area of Boston that's been uh, cordoned off and people live there and, you know, it's kind of become like a to totalitarian regime within the safe area um, where the military kind of rule, over you know the regular people if 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 it really if this disease or this pandemic was really spread through spores it wouldn't matter if you had a safe zone like you know a strong wind would carry those spores into the safe zone and infect people so so it's just more of a logical step that 
it wouldn't be spread through spores. Um, and I'm not going to reveal too much on how it's spread, but you'll never look at bread the same way again. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a great show. And, and I was going to say the other thing, the reason why it's neat for me to watch is it's actually filmed in Alberta, uh, my home province. Um, so they filmed some of the city scenes in Calgary and some of the city scenes in Edmonton. So they would take, you know, like they would take, you know, uh, take over a block and, and, uh, basically turn it into a, a post-apocalyptic looking area. And, uh, it's just cool, you know, to see, you know, uh, Calgary and Edmonton on the big screen. Uh, you know, I've, I, I know they've filmed, they have filmed movies and stuff like this, but I think this is like the first HBO. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I think Game of Thrones filmed some scenes in the mountains in, in Alberta, but, and they, and of course they also film in the mountains in Alberta for The Last of Us. Um, so yeah, no, it was really cool to, to see, uh, Alberta represented on this show, so. I've only seen the first episode. I haven't seen the the newest episode because I was working. Uh, so I might be watching that after this podcast. So uh, yeah, The Last of Us is it's fantastic. Um, I haven't read any comics lately. I am I'm behind on my reading, uh, so I don't have any to to contribute for this episode. But um, I have one more show, and I literally just finished it today, and I just started it like three days ago. Uh, and that is Severance. Uh, it's the Apple Plus series with uh, Adam Scott, uh, Patricia Arquette, uh, Christopher Walken. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tertillo. Um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name now. Um, you, you would you would recognize him. He, he's on the Big Lebowski. Um, he's that the the. Uh, the bowler. Uh, I know this is this. Is oh, uh, I don't know maybe either, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up, but it, yeah, what what a great show. Um, great cast. Okay, so I got the cast here: uh, Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, John Turturro. He's in it. Um, Zach Cherry. I I know I've seen him in other things before. Um, he's fantastic in the show. Um. Christopher Walken, you know, is surprising. You know, like he's a great actor, um, but this is a role I didn't didn't. I don't know. I never would have thought I would see him in this type of role. Um, but yeah, the cast is great. I don't want to say too much about it. Um, have you have you heard of the show at all, Kev? I've heard of it. I know people are enjoying it, but I know nothing about it. Honestly, um, had I watched, because this came out last year, I think it must have, like, came out in March and April. Um, had I watched this last year, and had House of the Dragon not come out last year, this would have been my pick of the year for best best new series. It was awesome. Like, uh, it was, it's one of those shows, like, I I couldn't stop watching as soon as I, as soon as I started watching it. It was, it was fantastic. Um... Adam Scott's fantastic. Uh, ben Stiller is one of the producers and directors of this show. Um, I don't. I don't want to say too much. It's one of those shows that you have to experience. But I would. 
the first season of Westworld, in my mind, was like mind blowing. Um, because there's this mystery, you know, there's all these crazy things happening, and like what, what's, you know, what's real, what's not, all this other stuff. Um, and it, you know, like I still say, the first season of Westworld is one of the best seasons of television ever made. This is the same. Like this is up there. Like there's this mi underlying mystery. Um, basic, you know, so basic premise is, um, people go through a procedure called severance where they get like this chip implanted into their brain. So when they go to work, like you walk up to your, your, you know, your office and you, you know, open the door to go in. And then the next thing you remember, you're walking out and you've worked your entire day you have no memory of, of what you did or, you know, it just seems like it's instantaneous. And then, you know, basically you can live your life uh, free of the stress of work. Um, but there's a part of you that's always stuck at work. So basically it's splitting you in two. So there's a part of you that never gets to leave. Like, like literally they, they go to walk out the door to leave work and then they're walking back in like instantaneously. Um, and I, and I love the symbolism. I love, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, the commentary that it's, it's putting out there, like how, you know, really there's two in all of us, you know, like not, not all of us, but most of us that, that go to work every day, we're kind of like two different people. Like there's our work self and then there's our home self, you know, like there's certain things that you do at work that you won't do at home and vice versa. And this is kind of a commentary on that, but there's also this underlying mystery where like Adam Scott's character, he goes to work and he's doing his job, but he doesn't actually know what they're doing uh, because it's kept secret from them. And then when he's out in the real world, he has no idea at all what he even does when he's inside there. He just knows he's doing something. Um, so sometimes like if, if, uh, you know, there's an accident, like if you, you know, you cut yourself at work, you know, so he walks up to, to his work to go in and then he walks out and then he's got a bandage on his arm. He has no idea what happened. And then they just give him a, you know, like a, like a gift card, you know, sorry, you, you know, you bumped into your desk today. This is a coupon to dinners on us tonight type of thing. And, and, but then are they telling you the truth? Are they not telling you the truth? Yeah. There's just this great underlying mystery. And the season finale had me on the edge of my seat. Like I was like, are they, you know, like, cause I don't, I, I don't want to reveal anything, but you know, they're on a timetable. Are they going to make it? Are they, you know, like it's one of those things where they're on the clock and, you know, it, and they could be tripped up at any moment. Um, but I'm looking forward to season two. I'm kind of scared because, like, Westworld, like, I, I compared it to Westworld season one. And, like, Westworld, like, Westworld season two was not as good as Westworld season one. Season two was pretty, uh, was kind of a letdown. I, I'm hoping Severance isn't going to be like that. Um, and I can't see it being like that because, like, this first season's so amazing. Um, I just hope, you know, it continues into season two. But, yeah, like, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and also I wanted to mention, uh, when we did our best of 2022, I think I forgot to mention one of my favorite shows of last year, and that was For All Mankind. Um, 
And one of the reasons what, what made me think of it is because it's also on the Apple Plus um, streaming service. Um, so for those two shows alone, I recommend, you know, even just getting app, Apple Plus for like a month or two, just to binge those two shows. Because um, it's so, wor- so worth it. And also Defending Jacob. That was also a good show that uh, Chris Evans did, I want to say in 2019. Um, that's also on Apple Plus. But uh, yeah, Severance, yeah, fantastic. Can't can't say enough good things about that show. It's so good. I'm actually going to rewatch the first season because I think I missed a lot of clues. Because it's one of those shows where there's lots of hidden clues that you might pick up on. And the one thing I didn't pick up on until the last episode, I think you know the clues were there all along. I just didn't see it. So now I'm going to go back and rewatch it just to see if I can pick up on it. Because, you know, it was kind of a shocking development uh, in the in the season finale. But, uh, yeah. Um, so that's all I got, Kev. Um, so I think we could call this a, a podcast. Uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Um, so for me, this week... Uh, we have a, an episode of Pop Culture Pub planned. Hopefully it'll go through. Kevin, unfortunately, is not going to be on it. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll get Ragnar and Lillian on it. And I did invite a special guest, so we'll, you know, we'll see if... if I, I don't want to say too much, because he, he might back <laughs> out on me. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, we're going to be talking about Star Trek. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a Star Trek episode of the Pop Culture Pub, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, Kevin, where can we find you on the internet? All right, you can find me across most social medias at Masked Library. MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog. And I finally wrote something new again over at the Retro Network. I wrote a personal retrospective right before the Monday Night Raw 30th anniversary episode this past Monday. Nice. 30 years. Jeez. 30 years. I, so, I, it seems like it was just yesterday we were at 20 years. I remember thinking 20 years. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. So, Raw did a special 30th anniversary. Um, we all had some matches with current talent, brought back a lot of Hall of Famers and legends yeah. to, you know, come out and, you know, wave to the crowd, say promos, say, you know, remind us why we enjoyed them and all yep um so yeah over at retro network i had uh about a 2000 word thing go up of just you know my own history with it so i mean i remember watching first episode of raw i remember the previous show tuesday night titans ending vince mcmahon and his his round panel saying uh all right this is last episode of this show Join us next week for a brand new show brand new idea called monday night raw and it was one hour Mm-hmm. live and then taped for the next couple of weeks in in small arenas and yep. uh the manhattan center and all and boy how that show's changed over time oh yeah yeah fantastic um all right well um on behalf of my co-host kevin decent my name is chris lockhart and i want to thank you dear listener for taking the time to listen to geek fallout reloaded And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.